Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Binkerton's Finest Podcast. Join again today with my co-host, Harper, and unfortunately, uh, our other co-host, Nico, can't be here today. He's still on that trip. Hopefully, he's having a good time. Mm-hmm. And a safe return to him. All that uh, air travel would certainly make me uneasy. I don't like air, sea, or land travel particularly well, so Godspeed Yeah, I can to only... Him. He's going to a different kind... Like, I can only imagine, you know? <laughs> Yeah. But how are you today, Harper? How are you? Uh, You know, I'm a little surly, actually. I I just got woken up from a nap by a maintenance guy who came in my apartment by mistake. Oh, my gosh. Uh, The the whole thing about these apartment buildings, uh, apartment buildings in general, like broadly, is that when you first sign up to enter into the leasing agreement, you're basically giving them the, uh, the consent, your consent, to let them provide a master key to anyone that they authorize to enter your apartment and they don't have to necessarily give you any prior warning or anything like that. Yep. 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 And like, uh, I don't know if you know about this, but like this is not out of the norm for apartments in the U S maybe it's different in other countries. I wouldn't know. I've never been further than Florida outside of the U S but, uh, the the idea that like you, people will get inspections at random times. Have you ever been to a or lived in a building like this? Oh yeah, yeah. I was in the service, so we were subject to a lot of random inspections. Oh, for sure. That's uh, that's a little more hardcore than what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I can relate to what you're saying. Yeah. Just, just letting you know. Yeah. I pre- <laughs> I appreciate the commiseration. Uh, I'm talking like a, I knew a guy who lives in uh, a like not affluent, maybe like lower middle class part of town, you know, like a West End sort of situation. And like uh, he lived in a complex where there would be like a weekly search for contraband or something like that. And I asked him, I was like, is this some sort of, detainment living situation or something he's just like no this is just part of the lease uh, wow <laughs> i kind of find that hard to believe but you know i've never heard of that but that i don't doubt it either yeah landlords oh are God. crazy landlords are fucking crazy i don't think they're real people uh they're, they're part of that lizard skin tribe that i can't yeah, seem yeah, to with the, yeah with, with the, the crazy eyes that close sideways or whatever yeah they lay eggs in their drinks and such <laughs> uh, you ever see? I love that video so much. It's, a, it's like Hillary Clinton taking a drink out of a glass of water, and people swear to God that she's like leaving a green egg behind in the water. It's like very clearly a water bubble. Uh, yeah. There it is. She's like an egg. Is. She's like an egg. Like who orally? <laughs> <laughs> That's why they killed Seth Rich. They needed his body. Oh my god! That was Seth Rich being reborn. Yeah. That was his incubation uh, class. Oh my god! Uh, we, uh, yes. Yeah, I've, that's that's crazy though. I've never honestly heard of of that kind of stipulation in a lease. Um, yeah. I don't doubt it at all. Um, but uh, I've also can't believe he agreed to live there. Like what? I think the situation was he was living with a parent. I don't know oh, his parents okay. or like what his parents do. But they seemed perfectly normal. It was like, um, it was a little trouble over the green stuff, you know? 
And, uh, yeah, of course. You know, we're all kids. We all make uh, mistakes or have a little fun, depending on your perspective. We serve all people at Bankerton's Finest. Um, That's true. And I was making to, to leave him a little fun. And uh, he's like, well, I don't know if it's such a good idea on account of the weekly random searches. But it is illegal for them to search my safe, so I'll keep it there. Ooh, and there it's, you go. it's just like, <laughs> what kind of like, I don't know, it's like a Maoist prison or something like that. <laughs> There's just like no landlords, however, the government can search your building. <laughs> Except for the safe, because that would be an invasion of privacy. <laughs> yeah, that one safe. Put anything illegal right in there. We catch you jerking off, however, and that is that is part and parcel with the search. To the gulag, immediately. <laughs> Degenerate, get up. <laughs> oh, Lord. We're sending you to Ukraine. No, not Detroit. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I wanted to bring it back to Seth Rich for a second. You, you did a serious drop on Seth Rich there. I haven't heard that name for 20 years, it feels like. Uh, what has it only been, like, eight? Uh, but still, yeah, yeah. if you, like, ask even the most hardcore anti-Trump or pro-Trump, whatever, who Seth Ritchie is, do you think they'll remember? I think it's more likely that it... Yeah. I don't know. I think it's more likely that a Democrat would would remember it because so? it was such a it was such a fiasco for Fox News. Like there, dude, there, there's recordings of every single episode that ever did on the man, and you can go and unfortunately you have to pay Fox, but you can go and watch them all, dude. Yeah. And like they fucking said some pretty messed up stuff and like theories and all this stuff. Saying that he was definitely, you know, Murdered killed by, by a hired state, killer yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and like, oh, Lord. and they were saying that there were all these kinds of proof, and and it comes out that like, well, like you know, you can track everything that ever gets sent on the internet, and if like this is how they found the flag, for instance, and the he will not divide us flag, you know, like you, there are ways to track everything if you try hard enough, and they can track this one email that. That Fox News was, and that guy, I can't remember his name, but the guy that was like a private investigator or something, he used to be like oh, a, Detroit, oh, 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 a, a uh, cop in Detroit or something. Oh, no, in the Capitol. He was uh, one of the Capitol like, detectives. Oh, who and, the hell um, was that? I, I remember exactly who you're talking about. I just can't remember his name to save my life right now. Yeah, uh, I can't remember his name either, but he was just as bad dude because he like tried to push it so hard and then he tried to backtrack when he was like oh god this is the fallout from this is gonna be huge but yeah like i think personally a lot of it'd be more likely that a democrat would remember it simply because of like the talking point you know and a republican or a gop might not remember it as much because it's like kind of embarrassing for their political party. <laughs> so, I don't know about like that it, because you, you might find someone with the sort of cognitive dissonance that thinks this is all related, you know? Like, uh, the Seth Ritchie thing could feed in to the the Democrat party and the things that they were concealing in the Benghazi investigations and the election of Donald Trump. 
and all that stuff. Yeah, everything. But it, it's it does all tie together. It's just not in the way that people think. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's just it's it's all like dominoes. Every every con every action has a consequence, and it just all happened, and it was all part of this big old fucking fiasco for both these politicians. And like, in my personal belief, Russia handed him the the election. I don't think Trump ever asked for it, but he definitely didn't go. No, I'm not gonna take it because you guys tampered. He took it because it was handed to him. Yeah. I think Hillary would have done the exact same thing. I think Bernie would have done the anybody you can name. <laughs> I think would have done the exact same thing, and and like, uh, yeah, I just think it was such a fiasco. And I think a lot, I think a lot of Americans both don't know the truth of what happened. I think that the truth that's out there isn't necessarily the truth either, which is kind of like paradoxical, I guess, for me to say. But yeah, like, no, I understand where you're coming from. You can never really know the truth unless you were there. That is an unfortunate exactly. consequence of living in like the information age. Uh, and this is and that that is the truth. And here's the thing, bro: is nobody will know what happened to Seth Rich, but Seth Rich and the guy that killed him, nobody at all. And so, like everything else is just speculation, and that's like what fucking happened, dude. Like, help me out just here. Help me out here. Was it ever proved that Seth Rich was killed by somebody, or did he kill himself? Because I don't they remember. They have anything. evidence. They have a video, CCTV video evidence of uh, a struggle happening. Um, all you can see is two guys' feet. Uh, and, like, you can see this guy, like, for lack of a better term, mounting him. <laughs> oh, my God. And, like, fucking, like, you can tell he's getting killed, bro. So, like, uh, but, again, it doesn't show any faces or anything. It's mm -hmm. just... It's on the street where they found him. It was around the time, you know. It's like a, it was around that time. It was around that time. And I don't know, man. It, it just, like I said, nobody at all will know but Seth and the guy that killed him. And um, <sighs> that's the hardest part. Sounds like you really and felt that really rabbit hole. Well, I, I don't think it was like <laughs> too much of a rabbit hole, dude. Because I was more like a drive-through. Pretty much, like, I I very much, like, when I joined the service in 2016, it was uh, September 12th, the day after the 11th, um, and I, for three or four months while I was in basic, absolutely no contact of any sort, I didn't find out until, like, a month after Trump was elected that he was our president, like... I had no clue of the like the real ramp up of the election cycle, like none none of that. I, so and and that goes for everything socially too. Uh, content that I used to watch, there's just a gap. Uh, every everything you can name, there's a gap for like three or four months, sometimes even longer because I didn't like when I got to my other set of training. There was there's a lot going on. I just didn't have enough time to keep up with everything. So there's gaps in my social life and all the things I love my political views, all this stuff. And I've been trying like to go back and fill these gaps, but it's also, you have to be, you have to be careful when you're doing this kind of thing. Cause it's dangerous, you know, like you could, after the fact, people are pushing messages. So you have to try to really find the truth. You know what I mean? Get the message from everybody because there's three sides to every story, right? Mm -hmm. There's, there's one side, the other side and the truth. So I try to look at everything and try to see what, what is happening when I wasn't there, you know, like, it's just, I, I can't explain it other than it's just a void. Like, there's nothing but me in a room with 60 guys. And like everything else, there was no news, nothing. I, they, the only real piece of news we got when I was in is they would put 
football scores up in the mess hall, like <laughs> on a piece of paper. And that was because one of the drill sergeants loved football so much, so he just did it. Holy shit. And nobody was going to tell him no. So, um, and that's like it. And uh, I remember that year, the Cardinals getting fucking wrecked because every weekend I was I was in the mess hall like, oh, let's see how the Cardinals do. That's my team. I don't care how bad they are. That's my team. Yeah, you but stick yeah, by them. That, hell yeah, bro. That's I don't give a fuck. My first game ever uh, of any football, professional football game that I saw in person was Larry Fitzgerald's first game. Oh, hell, um, that's dope. Like, like, it was awesome, dude. And, but... Regardless of all that, like, yeah, I just, I, I don't want to say I fell down a rabbit hole, but like, I've been trying to fill those gaps and there's a lot of information from that time. And True. that's one of the biggest things from that time because of, I think everybody has kind of forgotten it because so much has happened. You but, should like, resurface that. It was that, a huge like, deal, dude. Like, should, it was like, a big deal when it was happening. Personally take that out of the ground. And put it in a in a digestible format to give them the whole fucking the one two about it. I think that if people today were reminded of the Seth Ritchie controversy, then there would be a lot more uh, independent questioning of previous events. Like I'm not saying the whole the entirety of the the Trump Russia thing is is a false thing because. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of good reasons to because they they're they're close, right? Putin, Russian people in general are very positive about Trump, and uh, aside from that, though, you remember the dossier? Did you ever hear about the dossier? No. Well, maybe I might be misremembering. What is it? There's a dossier. I forget what alphabet agency gathered this information i think it was a retired spy from england or something like this supposedly gathered a large volume of information about donald trump's dealings with russia and combined his findings into a dossier which was leaked and in this dossier it says that donald trump was being uh manipulated into running because the Crimea, the the Kremlin, I mean, not the Crimea. Can you imagine? Uh, the Kremlin had <laughs> video of like a prostitute pissing on him in the Kremlin or something, just like really embarrassing footage. Wow! Of him doing uh, bizarre sex acts with Russian prostitutes. So that wow. that stuck for a while, and um, the. The media really loved the dossier, so that was the big focal point of the conversation for a while instead of policy, because the media loves doing that, obfuscating the actual point of a conversation to talk about bullshit, like this fucking dossier, or Seth Ritchie yeah. even. Like, Seth Ritchie is, a, is like an actual thing to talk about to an extent, like... Who had so, this guy it's, a, it's hard though. It's hard though because you can fall down that fucking trap easily. Like, yeah, yeah, dude. Because there's so much speculative information, and you have to like, you have got to really remind yourself all the way throughout any piece of research you do on the subject that all of this is speculation. Nobody really knows what happened to the man. 
Nobody but Seth Rich and the guy that killed him. And, and that God. fucking video they have. And yeah. God, too, yeah. <laughs> that video they have. And that video could potentially not even be him. Who knows? But it, the only thing is the timeline adds up, you know? And and sure, that's that's good enough because that's also the same spot where they found the guy. But, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just... And that goes for everything these days, dude. Like, anything you research, you have got to be so careful because it's... I don't, it just seems like there's so much misinformation or, and, and the thing is, I don't even think it's on purpose most of the time. I think people are like, I think these journalists on, especially like these smaller media companies, you know, are just rushing to get stories out so they can be fucking done with it and move on to the next thing because they're trying to build a career here. And, and you see it all the time on the internet. You see all the time, all these, these articles coming out and they've got wrong information in it. And and if you remember growing up, they used to say journalists were like should be lauded because they hold the truth and facts above all else. Nothing else matters but the truth, the story, the real facts. Yeah. And I remember hearing about like the Walter Cronkites of the world and all those people. And regardless of who they turned out or whatever, as as journalists, they gave a fuck about the truth. And nowadays, dude, like. It just seems like it's just a job. It just seems like everything else. There's, like, no duty. There's no virtue anymore, dude. There's no fucking values. And, like, maybe that's just me being a boomer, a fucking, like, almost 30-year-old <laughs> boomer. But, like, it, it really seems that way. Like, it seems like nothing is is too, you know... And there's no privacy, dude. There's nothing. Any Anything at all can is fair game. Yeah. And, and, you know, growing up, I remember being told, like, mind your fucking business, you know, like it, if it doesn't involve you or the family or, or, or impact you, mind your fucking business, you know? And like, I just feel like that entire virtue, like the entire, our entire values as a society have just fucking dropped. They've completely eroded. Yeah. That's a fair thing to say. And regardless of how you see what I'm saying, or what, like, regardless of what those values mean to you, I should say. Sure. Or what you value, it's being degraded. Like, every fucking level. You look around, you know, look around and you can see it. Like, I've said it before, you know, I'm I'm, I'm leaning more Democrat. I always have. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I'm fucking blind to what democratic politicians get away with are you saying you're not gonna vote with the blue wave are are you some sort of are you some sort of fucking what i'm saying what i'm saying is is that even on the blue side like you got people like nancy pelosi fucking clearly (laughs) clearly committing insider trading fucking like and and all the way down people fucking love nancy pelosi now because of that picture of her on the beach with her fucking tits out did you see that picture You no. Uh, yeah, exactly. You, but people in the Twitter sphere are like, "Oh my God, look at Nancy Pelosi's bazongaloos." What? <laughs> bazongaloos. <laughs> big dodongonkers. <laughs> like, <laughs> bro, she's committing insider trading. We should do something That's, about this. For real, dude. And, and it's just, not just her at all. It's 
all the way down, dude. And on the red side, in the middle, everywhere. everywhere. All these people are getting away with shit they should not get away with. Even people who aren't like, affiliated in that, politics, like Musk selling off all the Twitter shares before he decides to like tank yes, his price. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly tampering. Clearly tampering. Dude knows he's got a huge following. Threw out a message saying, I wanna I have an interest in buying this. I've submitted, you know, I can't remember what he said, but he he made it pretty clear he was serious about buying Twitter, quote unquote. Right. And then his followers start buying the share like crazy. And then he pulls out. And all he had to like and even even if he like people like to go and, and use this talking point of, well, when he pulled out of the contract, he had to pay a billion dollars, blah, blah, blah. That was dependent. But he could have, he had so much money yeah, that's, that he could have manipulated at such a level that the billion dollars no longer matters. He made like and four billion, like, I think, was the, the estimate. Something was like he made four billion, only had to pay one. But the whole NPR talking point, you know, because they have to always put the the least embarrassing spin that could be put on this. Is that Elon Musk could be taken for more than just the one billion dollar legal fee? It's like, what could does it be. fucking matter? It's a could be. Yeah. That means it won't. So, so then he goes to let's say they sue him, and that goes to trial or, or not trial, but goes to court, some sort and, of court, and probably arbitration for years, years. Yeah, it's not going to be as simple as. Twitter being like, hey, you did us wrong, and Musk being like, okay, now they're going to fight it every step of the way. So he, oh, so Lord. that happens, right? Yeah. And, and in the meantime, as that's happening, he's just making more and more money. And so any fee that comes up in the future for what he just did, he can just pay that off because he's now taken the profit of that market manipulation and made it into more money. But, yep. but like, and, and, and exa- like, exactly, like, on every level this is happening, like, Every single level, there's like nothing is sacred anymore, man. Yeah. And like, I think it's just so funny. Like, I've listened to myself say this, and I feel like a fucking boomer or something, dude. But like, I don't, I don't know. It's just hard to be a person that like was raised by essentially. Well, actually, I was raised by. Uh, what was the generation before the boomers? Uh, the the what is it? The silent generation or the greatest generation? Yeah, the silent, the silent or the greatest or the golden. I think is also one they use. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the ones, the ones that fought and and were born in the era of World War Two when it was happening. Yeah, exactly. Those exactly. are the people that raised me as a as an adult. My grandmother is from that time. She has a lot of great worldview. In my opinion, I'm biased, but. But in my opinion, she has a lot of great worldview and and like she instilled in me the value of having values. <laughs> and and like I feel like nobody really talks about that anymore. And it's hard not to look around and hear the music playing that plays. Um, fuck, like see the things that are changing in our world and then be like, yeah, everything's fine. But it's like not like it's not fine. Nothing's fine. Like we're on the verge of. Uh, like multiple different wars breaking out with this Ukraine thing. If Russia keeps going, if things keep going bad with Russia, they're going to keep pulling out of Syria. And you know what that means? That means Syria is going to fall. And, and, and that the only thing that was holding them together was Russia. That's why they had to step in. So then there's going to be another outbreak there. And, and it's just going to be bad. And instead of us fixing anything, we're all sitting here talking about Seth Rich or fucking Trump 
getting peed on in in Moscow. Like, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) I would rather talk about that. (laughs) I know. And it's, and it's, it's more light to talk about that. And I can respect that people don't want to hear the things that I just said because it's heavy and it's, and it's a bummer. Like uh, nobody wants to walk around being like, Oh fuck it. Like this could be really bad. Like no. And I'm not saying live your life in fear or anything like that. Like live your life. But like realize that there are issues around you even if your day's going good if you're having a great day every single day that doesn't mean that the world is good it yeah. doesn't mean that everything's okay <laughs> it just means it's good for you you know the worst part about all of this too is that if you have these kind of values that you're talking about or were instilled with any sense of a morality be it from any particular kind of spirituality or whatnot you may feel like your values are being eroded or attacked on purpose but it's really just coincidence and because you feel like certain groups are attacking your values for like ancestral or maybe like political reasons then it's easy to like convince yourself of this very black future where people are like intentionally eroding the foundations of your of your morality of your values for yep for presumably some sort of market gain that's generally the kind of excuse you hear is just like well, well they would stand to make more money if um if women were like over 200 pounds on average or something like that it, yeah because then they could sell them more drugs that's and, that's just a random blah, excuse blah, blah, blah. by the way that has nothing to do with like no i know i know it's but just i'm like so- a random thing i thought of because I i'm could, just following yeah. what you were saying that's all that's all most of that shit's like, racist and it's like <laughs> it's just the stupidest i, I don't know Rob, uh, our friend robert uh yeah co-records with me on the yep. sign fuck podcast uh tells me one day because I, I told him i professed a belief in the illuminati you know and um, he, he turns to me and he says, what is scarier, living in a world that is controlled by a select few where everything is being moved as if on a marionette or that we're all just out here on our own in the dark and none of us know what we're doing? I don't know. The first one's scarier to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's still scarier to me, Honestly, too. <laughs> Honestly, like, I think that they're is strength in that fact that look at all the things that we have all done like uh, collectively as humans the, the fact that we're still here you know yeah. and like I, I don't know it's just, just like the the comment you made last week about like if, if you've ever done mushrooms you realize things are all cyclical oh for sure and like and not in like a bad way but like in a cycle it's the like most life neutral is a cycle kind, of thing. kind of way it's like it, it has no care is it's not a portrayal of like good or evil. It's literally just the way things are. Exactly, and I'll never forget looking. I did some mushrooms once with. Well, I did some mushrooms once, and um, <laughs> I'll never forget looking at a Palo Verde tree, and it was like. I I know they don't build anything with the fucking Palo Verde, at least not anymore. But I remember looking at the tree and the concept of the wood. And just like, dude, this thing starts off as a little sapling and it grows into this big ass fucking thing. And we like, and it takes generations sometimes depending on the tree. 
and then we just cut it down and that's what my house right behind me you know when i was doing it and looking at the tree i turn around i look at my house and i'm like oh my fucking god and it and, and it seems like a no-brainer it seems so stupid to somebody who has never like like it just seems obvious like yeah dude yeah. that's how they fucking do it you know but like when you just are connected that way i guess to the world i, I don't know how else to put it it just felt like everything was so vibrant and everything was so real and everything was so it's like being taught to see color hey, everything was time. good everything was like everything was okay you know Absolutely. And, and it was like and and just realizing just that cycle is is crazy and i think that goes for like that goes into what I was saying about how incredible it is the things we've done, dude. Like the fact that we have been able to use that cycle to our advantage is incredible. Look at like, and I know that that itself is obvious, but I just think that's our best advantage. The fact that we don't know what the fuck we're doing, but like we have the capability to learn, you know what I mean? Yeah. It is it, it, that's all of the strength. It's better than being led by a select group of of a couple people, because there's, in my opinion, so much diversity in the things that we can do instead of just being like little peons for some hegemony. You know, like I don't want that shit. I I have no. I I think that diversity really is a strength, right? I think that. Um, corporations are misusing diversity a lot these days you know it, if you have an hr yes. lady they have a certain quota they would like to see in the office to avoid a lawsuit so instead of choosing candidates based on merit they uh they feel based off of those like very skin skin deep no no pun intended qualifications but there are candidates that are smart and like willing to do this that aren't just like lining up because they think that they can get some sort of like easy in. And yeah. they're just, I think I may not just understand how the hiring process goes, but it feels like first come, first serve a lot of the damn time. Like, it does. Uh, the, the qualified candidate gets told, that the position's been filled, even though he has the same outward characteristics as the person who just got hired. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, someone who identifies yeah. as XYZ in a company mainly staffed by people who identify as ABC is applying to a job at this corporation. And they get told you you have not come in time essentially we already have a person hired with x xyz i'm sure they're not told that they're probably just just told that the position's been filled but yeah uh or that they'll get a call back if they're you know yeah exactly yeah, the call back yeah. i love that fucking oh, assholes yeah just don't call me don't email me just tell me to my face uh anyway i have that feeling about all corporations in general though it's like uh yeah I'm going to keep going back to corporations if you let me. So stop me here. And, uh, <laughs> well, I just wanted to, I just wanted to add to what you were saying yeah. about that, that hiring process is I think, um, especially what you were saying about the, the qualified candidate versus like the person who checks the box. 
I think that there is something to be said for the fact that the person who just checks the boxes and doesn't have the qualifications is a lot easier to, for lack of a better word, manhandle. Yeah. You know, as an employee than a person who knows his value. And so a company isn't going to want the quote-unquote overqualified. That's another one you hear. That is that, that is a you, bit of a myth, isn't it? That if you are, like, the man for the job, you'll get hired. Yeah, because it, it's totally a myth to me, in my opinion. Because if you are the man who has been doing this for 5, 10 years, you've, you've got multiple certifications in the field that you were, you're working in, um, you, you know, you're... You, Let's take it a step further and you've managed a team or or a project or something that's done great. That's leverage. All of that is leverage. And so even if um, you're going to a new company where you've done none of that, the, the experience is still relevant. And so these these hiring managers, I'm sure, I don't even know if it's really them that make that decision, but... There has got to be something for the fact that they got they are incentivized to keep those people out because those people they could bargain. Are able to, they're valuable. Yeah, exactly. They can bargain. They can leverage. They because they have the experience and everything they need, and so they could be. They could totally be like, well, I want an extra, you know, twenty five grand a year or something. And that sounds outrageous, but if you check every box and you're qualified. It's a starting. It's not point. outrageous to ask. Yes, exactly. The, the whole problem with that too is that these companies won't put themselves in a position to be bargained with anymore. Uh, the company I work for, to be unnamed for the purposes of this podcast and many others that I will appear on, no doubt, <laughs> uh, is that they have a a program that they use for incremental wage increases to quote stay competitive with market values in the workplace you know and um they give us peanuts the the raises are not significant in any way i did not go up like past a decimal point and that's just on the principle of the raise not not in the the holistic add-on it's just the idea that you won't even give me a real number a solid integer for a raise. <laughs> You'll give me yeah. a decibel and say that you're reviewing a it. A fraction. A fraction. <laughs> Every six months? Yeah, dude. The economy changes far far more quickly than six months at a time. Daily. <laughs> if I yeah, want to dude. talk to someone about a raise, I, I literally had to go to my manager. I was like, hey, who do I got to bark up to to get a raise around here? They laughed in my fucking face. I don't do a bad oh job. I constantly God. get complimented. I get complimented very often, which I'm starting to think is because they actually uh, they actually don't like me. You know, it's like one of those things that they're they're talking you up. Like Brett, you're doing such a great job around here. I really want to let you know that we all appreciate you. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking you about. Know? The last restaurant I worked at, that is the exact thing. I got multiple multiple promises for different things from beginning to learn how to bartend and get shifts for bartending to uh, running a separate portion of the restaurant myself air castles uh, where we did yeah like all these different things i was promised more money i was promised more shifts i was promised cross training so i could work more i was promised all these different things and not one of them 
was true. And the entire time, the entire time, they're telling me how great I am, how much I helped them, how like how great of an employee and how glad they are to have me, all these fucking things. And I'm just like, all right, but you're telling me to this, this to my face. And then like you also told me to my face that you would do this, this, and this. So which is it? Am I great or are you just using me? We're going to have to <laughs> let you go. Exactly. And that's that's exactly what... Like, like exactly. Yeah. And that's when it came down to it, I was replaceable. Yeah, they, they, and, like, they like to keep you like that. Just companies in general. It's a good strategy. Don't make your employees the ones that are being depended on. Make them dependent on you, uh, which seems back, completely backwards from how business used to be run. But I'm not a business major, so I wouldn't know. Well, but businesses don't run the same way that they used to, you know? Yeah, like, tell me about it, man. I know, man. And, you know, I just think it's so crazy that every year you hear about record profits in this industry or that. And oh. Never hear about record. You never hear about record wage uh, increases. You never hear about record benefits. You never hear about record anything other than profit. I can bring that back to two yeah. relevant companies just off the top of my the top of my head. Activision Blizzard, after producing the worst games in like their entire lifespan as a company, came out and said that they were enjoying record profits after like multiple waves of brutal layoffs. You know, and yep. uh, this is the strategy for a company that's trying to put itself up for sale generally is the pattern will be that there are uh terrible, terrible products being put out by this company who was at one point an industry leader that's being prostituted for its name value, right? Activision blizzard. And uh, they'll yep. take what employees they've used dispensable, the ones who can bargain and have bargaining power and say, hit the bricks. Here's your pink slip. Uh, it's a right to work state, get lost. And yep. then they're left with a bunch of yes men and pussies who will get walked on. Not in the case of Activision Blizzard, particularly since there was also a culture of fear in that company, which was later revealed, which I think may have impacted their uh, their ability to be acquired by companies such as Microsoft. Definitely affected the price point. But oh, yeah. Uh, the the well, you can read about that on your own. I'm not even going to get into it because it's kind of disgusting. But like, uh, and then they'll say that they're having record profits after all of that. <laughs> and that's how they yeah, advertise exactly, that they're dude. ready for sale. And exactly, WWE yeah. did the same thing, oh. except they weren't uh, covering up a culture of fear. They were covering up that Vince McMahon was paying like twenty million dollars over the course of his time as CEO to women as hush money that he hired as paralegals that would suck his cock. Yeah, I mean, well, like, perfect, another great example is Deshaun Watson in the NFL. Oh, man. He's got the fucking greatest, the biggest contract ever for any player has ever gotten. Uh, and meanwhile, he got that while he had uh, multiple sexual assault cases open on him that had, like, uh, actual evidence. It wasn't just hearsay. They had some real evidence from what I heard. That was crazy. Um, and the Browns, the Cleveland Browns, come out and say, well, we want him. 
Meanwhile, they yeah, shun a quarterback that turned their franchise around completely for the first time in Cleveland Browns history because they started in 1999. They're not the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens were from Cleveland. Right. The original Cleveland Browns took every fucking bit of their history to Baltimore. And those are the Cleveland Browns. The new Cleveland Browns never been to the playoffs. And they're, they, their quarterback at the time turned their franchise around, took them to the playoffs. They destroyed the Steelers in the very next year. They're fucking like crapping all over him, making him play with multiple injuries, all kinds of crap to make him look bad. And then they just to like throw him to another team at the cheapest price they possibly could. And then they pay this other guy who has multiple sexual assault fucking cases open against him. Uh, they pay him the biggest contract. I think it was like $250 million of fucking for his like guaranteed over like five or ten years or something like that. Um, and like that guy just gets all that money. Like they suspended him for a year, sure. Yep. Like half the year. But uh he's already guaranteed to get money because he signed with the company or with the with the with the Browns. Um so even if he never played a game, he's still going to be a multimillionaire. Um like, dude, and that should make everybody, especially people in Cleveland, if anybody here is from Cleveland and you're listening to this and you're not enraged, do you know how much $250 million could do for your fucking city? That's so true. Like, Cleveland needs it. That's in Cleveland. And not even just Cleveland. What about Ohio? Yeah. What about the state of Ohio? And, and, and there's so many fucking slums through there, just like there are all over, even in our state. But, dude, like, and everyone should be pissed and and this isn't this should this should stop the bucks should stop right when they fucking hired that fucking dude for 250 million dollars he fucking had an open case and, and and like and then he's out there saying i don't think i did anything wrong i'm sorry if i triggered you but i don't feel i did anything wrong like get out of I here. He literally apology. said i'm sorry if i triggered you. I love that apology. <laughs> that apology so fucking He says he says, I don't think I did anything wrong. He still is uh he still is adamant like about his uh, his innocence, which is he at least he's never backtracked on his innocence. At least there's somebody out there that sticks to what the fuck they believe in, but fuck that guy either way. Yeah, um, that's for true. He says he says he says I didn't I didn't do anything wrong. And then he goes, I I understand how my actions and the things that I the situations I put myself in have uh, have Whew. triggered people around the country with similar <laughs> experiences, and for that I'm sorry. He said something like very close to that, and I'm just like, you said on live TV, bro. It's all over the that's internet awesome. too. Like, what the fuck? That's, and that's... and I don't, it should enrage every single person. That's all I'm saying, dude. The fact that this guy made that much money, like that's generational wealth. Let me. His fucking family will be set up forever. And he fucking was out there impacting other people's lives so negatively. The yeah. only thing worse he could have done is line people up and shoot them. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, don't give no one any ideas now. But, uh, yeah, well, yeah. For let me real. let me heal on Cleveland for a second. I just want to remind everybody from Cleveland that your city is so destitute that Randy Newman wrote a song about how your river catches on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we. I just want you. 
I want you to know that my comments about the Cleveland Browns have tanked our chances of ever having any <laughs> Cleveland fans. <laughs> Anything else you could say is I can think of a pales in comparison to how I just went in on the city of Cleveland and the Cleveland I'll Browns. I'll think of a couple things here. They, oh my God. Uh, Yo, that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, not sucks. even that cool. Sucks. Let's step it up. Come on, step uh, it up. Skyline Chili is genuinely the worst chili in the world. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr. and John Moxley are terrible professional wrestlers. The Cavs haven't been even in conversation since LeBron fucked you guys over. Do you guys have a hockey team in Cleveland? <laughs> Dude. All right, we got to stop the trade all over Cleveland, bro. That's too much. Too much. Cleveland, oh, city man. of lights, city of magic. <laughs> <laughs> all right we gotta pull it back i'm sorry cleveland uh, it was just all memes i do feel what i said about the browns is real though it, the browns didn't exist any longer until 1999 so anyway uh, you know, uh, i'm so sorry uh skyline chili i think is more of a cincinnati thing i refuse to acknowledge ohio as a real place because i think the paul brothers are from there as well but uh i uh i do apologize there's some weirdos from there i do apologize for the there conflation there's some weirdos from Ohio, but you know what? There's some fucking weirdos from Arizona, dude. Yeah, like, that's true. Boy, do we. We got I'll him. never forget that guy. I'll never forget that guy that walked into the gas station that we worked at. Uh, you weren't there. Um, it was me and some other, I think it was a chick that, just a random that yeah. worked there. But um, this guy walks in. He's got a bag on and uh, looks kind of flustered, looks kind of antsy, you know? Walks in and I'm kind of like, fuck, are we about to get robbed? And he looks me dead in the eye and he goes, which way to Colorado? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm you, like, you mean like, how do you get there on the road? Like, take the 17, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they, and he's like, uh, no, 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 no. What direction to Colorado? And I was like. North. Uh, all right. Well, I shouldn't say I'll cut that. But if you look this way, it's north. And um, we, if you go just a little bit to the right. About northeast, you'll run into it. Just keep walking that way. Eventually, you'll run into fucking Colorado. And this dude left the store and walked that way, dude. <laughs> he walked through the that desert, way. <laughs> through the desert, through everything. I'll never forget dude, that. Arizona dude. homeless people are different. They're so different. Like, uh, you, there was a ranch that I used to live a, a good distance from. That it was like the struggling folks ranch, you know, where they put them to work. And yeah. um, I love those guys. Most of them are real good people that just fell on hard times. But there's this one. Oh fella, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's this one fella that uh, uh, we we colloquially referred to uh, by a, a, a disparaging name that won't be repeated. But I'll I'll let you know what he looks like briefly. Uh, his skin ranged from weather beaten to dirty. And he had uh, a bandana on his head constantly as a fixture. Oh, yeah. He, Never without it. He was an alcoholic for sure. And uh, what else he was on is unknown. He used to lead kids into the desert to try to do God knows what. And uh, this is a firsthand account, so I'm not just making this up. And uh, no, I, it just no, does strange I'm, I things. I remember these stories. He, like, prays over people. But, like... Not, not to God. I think we go to the same church now, but not to God. 
and uh, he's missing a pinky. It's covered with a thimble. And the, some, I didn't know that part. Some of the guys that lived with him were like, you know what I heard? I heard that that thimble is on his pinky because it's the first thing that he found. When he killed his wife, she took his pinky with her. Just <laughs> what the wow! Just big lore behind this guy, you know. Yeah. And oh yeah, lots of. He's, a, lots he's of another it. one of those guys that would come into that gas station. That's how we even know about him. And uh, no, yeah, yeah. And well, other than we would also he, every single day walking miles yeah, down this my, long he, he road said he we walked, lived on. So he, without giving away specifics, he walked probably 150 miles in a day's time. According to him, that's yeah, that's I mean, that's bullshit. But he did walk a fuck ton, he walked a lot of like, yeah, uh, he's no matter where he had to go, he, he walked, yeah. yeah. It's just what <laughs> I'll never forget. That's funny that you said that he was such a, a weirdo, dude, because I'll never forget. I came into a shift at that gas station, and uh, one of the ladies that was just getting off, she was like, Hey, look out for that guy, yeah. you know, and um. You know, uh, he got stopped by the sheriffs earlier, and they uh, made him empty his pockets and take off his jacket and stuff. He had like twelve knives on him. Oh my god! Sizes. No, 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 no way! <laughs> yeah, what, he had dude. twelve knives on, just like pocket knives. Yeah, she said she, he, she said that he had like twelve knives on oh him of varying sizes. The sheriffs had them all laid out, and they had to give them back because they weren't illegal. At least here, they're not illegal. But anyway, I could see um, him trying to make a come up off the knives. Hey brother, you want to buy a knife? And you know, I and I part of me likes to think maybe that's what he was doing in the in the de- trying to sell these kids a knife, but that, that's no. that's just me being hopeful, very hopeful, being very hopeful, and that's what I'm gonna believe. Let's keep believing, brother. <laughs> One time he's in line, and I, I'm trying to check him out real fast and get him his damn bugler, and fucking get him his damn drinks. And he likes me. He knows me by name because of my name tag. And uh, I'm putting his stuff in a bag. And there's a huge line back to the cooler, you know. It's like a front-to-back sort of thing. And he says, "Yeah, yeah." Hey, Arbor, you know what? God told me it's going to rain. And it's like a clear blue sky. I'm like, sir, who has told you that? It is clear as day out there. When's it going to rain? He said, sometime. Somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I legit just said, get out of line. (laughs) You're not paying for this. I know you're not. Dude, that reminds me one time, like one of the very few times, because I checked him out a few times uh, at the cash register. Yeah. uh, Not not like in the bathroom? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But anyway, uh, I checked him out a few times and and he had... um, He's getting some beer, I think it was. Any, regardless, yeah. he says some shit to me, like, uh, like I think he asked me what my opinion of Obama was or something like that. <laughs> I would love and to I hear was his like, opinion of Obama. And I was like, you know, being very PC because I'm at very work. Diplomatic. Yeah. So I'm like, well, he's our president. I don't think he's like, I don't think it's too bad. Whatever. Blah blah blah. And um, he goes, well, I think he's horrible. He's, you know, he's he's trying to sign a. a a bill into law where the, the federal government can control our drinking water, right? You know that that's what they're trying oh, to do. The they're classic. trying to take all of our drinking water. The classic. And I'm like, oh, that's nice, sir. Here's your receipt. <laughs> yeah. 
They want to put fluoride in the drinking water, bro. They want to put fluoride <laughs> in there. Like, uh, what was another good one? Is like, uh, he he likes to, uh, you know, just like getting away from this. I I just remembered a funnier one. Now, we had a manager uh, for the purposes oh. for the purposes of this podcast. We'll call him Colton. Uh, Colton was such a funny fucking manager. Uh, probably my favorite boss of all time, even though he was like, probably by most people's guessing, understanding, is not a very good manager, right? Terrible. Big piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. Not, you can't spin it any other way. Dude Dude didn't pay his child support, shit like that. Yeah, like, he was a, yeah. he was a big piece of shit. <laughs> Worst bosses to have, though. <laughs> <laughs> There's worse bosses to have than this piece of fucking shit. Yeah, but like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I, I worked the morning shift with him, and we used to bullshit. Yeah. Like, if my fly was undone, he he looked at me dead ass one time. It was just like, "Hey Harper, you selling hot dogs?" And I was just like, "Yeah, I'm selling hot dogs." Cold. There's hungry guys coming through. He's like, "Yeah, well, your cow's out the barn door," and I looked down and my hogs hanging out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, he was funny because like uh that's unrelated. But he he like uh there was a guy that used to steal donuts and Colton knew who he was. We're just gonna gloss over I'm sorry, I'm just so fucking yeah, <laughs> your was dick was just out. It was funny. Oh my god. That was, the dude, that's crazy. That, was, that was the hangout. Serving customers. I've never had that problem. Dick out. Um <laughs> yeah. well, sometimes I use the none of them are saying anything to you. Yeah. But like no, <laughs> The donuts are getting stolen, right? And he's aware of it. So he's he's obsessively monitoring donut footage, Colton is. And yeah. he sees the guy who steals the donuts. And, like, in front of God and everybody, he's like, hey, you're that piece of shit that keeps stealing my donuts. I'm going to hop over this counter and beat your ass if you don't put that back. And the donut guy is like, oh. fuck you. And he runs out with the fritter in his hand. <laughs> 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 the donut caper, bro. Dude, oh I miss my. that job so much. <laughs> Dude, I was one of those guys. He probably saw me eating donuts in the middle of the night. Well, we were I would, to, I would, he, he agreed. I had more than we were allowed. Okay, well. Mold, like, all the time. I was like, fuck this job. I And the donut guys gonna be here in two two hours and they're gonna the throw them all the away anyway well, yeah, so fuck it dude i saw the donut guy give a group of kids on their bicycles the whole trash bag of donuts one time so i don't give a fuck what happens to the old donuts yep. personally those, those are fair game it's literally sit sit out for one day and then they throw them out once once the donut guy comes and he marks down how many are there what did they take the fucking donuts to get reprocessed i get the shrink thing but it's just like give me the fucking bag of donuts dude i am struggling i am working at a gas station okay overnight because it gives you a quarter extra anyway do you ever do do you ever remember yeah it was it was a quarter extra huh fuck you know, we put ourselves in a lot of danger for a quarter yeah, extra, we, we dude. We did not get a whole lot for doing the, the only... Oh, dude. And I have great stories because of that, but what were you saying? Do you remember... I just... just 
quickly. Do you remember that person that would uh, deliver the newspapers? Yeah. Dude, it was always the same, at least for me, it was always the same guy. Sometimes there was a girl, but I think she delivered a different magazine. But the guy yeah. who, who or the guy who uh, delivered the Arizona newspaper, he would like come in, throw it in the rack, grab the other thing and be gone in like two seconds. Yeah, he was and if awesome. you weren't like paying attention, it was jarring. Like this guy just bursts open the door, throws some shit into this rack, Wham. grab Wham. something else. Yeah, Ugh. and I'm like, what the, like, the first couple of times, I'm, like, freaking out, like, what the fuck is happening? And it's just that guy. You gotta, you gotta yell at him, like, if you're on break out there, on break, you're sitting on a trash can, because you don't got anything better to do, you're looking at the light, you know? And the, yep. he comes in, he, he won't say much, but he will say, like, morning, or paper. Paper. Yeah, that's, yep. that's, like, all I've ever heard him say. Uh... That was cool. You know, uh, there was this one time that a few of the co-workers were outside. And we were a rambunctious yeah. bunch, you know. So uh, we would we would turn up a little bit on campus, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. uh, one of the my co-workers was a little too turned up and was, you know, Killing tall boys outside the gas station, which is always a good look. Always, yeah. And he's messing with one of our other coworkers who's filling up his car. The guy who's filling up his car, I don't know. Stop me if you've heard this one on the podcast already. Not at all. But he, he takes the gas nozzle out of his, his Mustang, which he's very fucking proud of. Very proud of this car. It's all he's got. And, uh, Sprays my drunk coworker with the gas as a joke, and uh, oh, you haven't told this on the podcast, but I've, you you told me in private like last week. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, see, uh, I, I get very careful about repeating these too too often, you know. And uh, yeah, look, we're 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 getting old, all right, guys. Like if we forget, yeah, yeah, you know, give us a shout, a little something here, give us a shout, yeah, just. Just leave it in the comment. I'm probably not going to read anyway because I'm not going to engage with haters. Oh. But anyway. <laughs> so he takes the nozzle out of his car and sprays my drunk coworker who is who's pushing him around, you know, trying to like little bro him a little bit. And yeah. uh, my drunk coworker looks at the puddle of gas, looks at his feet, which are now covered in gasoline, and takes a lighter out from his pocket and lights his shoe on fire and then steps in the <laughs> gas puddle which lights the gas puddle on fire next to this man's car. Oh my God. And I'm screaming because they are next to a running gas pump and there's a fire going. Oh my God. And the, he, he, the drunk guy turns to me. He's like, I'm like fire, fuck fire. You know, he's like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) it's fine and the the car guy takes the squeegee bucket and dumps it on the fire which miraculously douses it and uh oh my god he then gets a metal bar out from under his like a tire iron out from under his back seat and starts swinging it at my drunk co-worker 
He's like, oh my god, screaming at the top of his lungs, and like the rest of us had to separate him out. We all worked there. There was like eight of us there, like keeping him apart. <laughs> yeah, the, like why are you guys all hanging out up front of the we store, were, we bro? Were pathetic, my man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have nowhere else to hang out. I mean, I, there were plenty of times where overnight, like me and the boys would come and see you and hang out because, you know, what else are we doing? But yeah. like. What else That's were you cr- I, I didn't. I never. I never really fucking hung out there and got wasted. Like we would smoke a bowl or two, but yeah. Oh man, there's times That's where crazy, certain individuals would greenlight the destruction of certain elements of the gas station. Like oh, the like ashtrays. when Colton and that guy, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they yeah. go on the roof and they have one of the ashtrays and they just huck it off. The the district <laughs> management's like. What's happening here? And they were just like, oh, well, it was stolen. Someone <laughs> must have stolen it. <laughs> Dude, I, oh I miss that God. place so bad. Now I work a desk job and I hate it. <laughs> it was it was better times. It, you know, if we went back now as we are now, we'd probably Yo, I, I have. Uh, but... I did. Because I worked the, the call center for like uh, a year before going back one more time, and yeah. it, I was still like pretty young, you know. Uh, I just voted in my first election to give you an idea, and yeah. um, I was working in a collections agency, and collections is soul sucking. It is the worst job in the world. Like unless you're getting some sort of like incentive for collecting there's like no reason to bug these poor people who are just trying to live their lives and cold call them by telling them that their shit's out of date and they need to make a payment and like threatening their credit in ways that is not threatening their credit per the fur credit act, you know, like, yeah. So I'm, I text Colton and I'm just like, do you still have an overnight spot? He's like, yeah, come back whenever. So I, I, I turned in that Sunday at the call center and went back I stayed there for a while, and then I got transferred to Awatuki. And uh, there was like one night where I'm just sitting out there, and I'm just like, "This is not working out. I am not young as I was, and it is taking a physical toll on me to continue working here." You know? Yeah. Like I am eating pizza all the time. I like you take the fattest bong rip I possibly can before I come in and before I go to sleep. I am suffering the loss of like memory and all kinds of other cognitive disorders because I don't sleep. I'm like yep. constantly under the impression I'm about to be robbed. Especially out there, holy crap, bro! Yeah, luckily I'm far, far away now. But like, <laughs> yeah, no, man, I know exactly what you're saying. It totally was exactly like that. Like, it sounds all. We have some good stories from back then, but that is not a career. <laughs> no, people that make and, it a career really fucked me up too. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. Well, whatever you know. That might just me be me. You know, being a bitch. Big props to the gas station managers out there. Uh, you're probably pieces of shit, frankly, but uh, yeah, like Colton. <laughs> no, pickups to Colton. You're my man. You're my dog. You're the both the best worst boss I've ever had. He, he's, Thank he's you. He's the man. Shouts out. <laughs> Absolutely. Hope everything's going good. 
if you recognize, if you're even listening, deep, deep he'll down. Never, he'll never hear it. Yeah, that would be crazy. In jail, I'd so. hate to get that phone call. Isn't he in prison? No, well, I can't say for sure. He, so I, I inquired after his health, okay? I just want to make this, it's like a hearsay thing. But, like, um, I went to the station. I told that he was working. And I asked after his health and was told that he turned himself in. So who knows? He, huh. he could have just made a payment. I don't know if that's the case. Well, wherever you are, hopefully you're not a piece of shit anymore. We hope you, <laughs> you're doing good. Hope you're uh, still still stealing hot dogs, eating half of them, and throwing them at people. Yeah, I hope you're still threatening physical violence on Donut Beach. <laughs> Dude, I, I almost got in a confrontation with a thief. Has this ever happened to you at the, the gas station? Hell no, dude. Anytime anybody stole anything, I literally would say, like, I would say it. I would verbalize, like, oh, you're stealing. Okay, take whatever. And then I just look back at my phone because I'm not there to stop a thief. I'm there to take money and give it back. I was fueling, <laughs> I was refilling squeegee buckets. And these guys pull up in a U-Haul truck while I'm like about to put the hose up. And one of them dashes in, and I can see his hands scooping up cigarettes and lotto tickets. And his buddies peel off as soon as I start, like, power walking back to the fucking cash register. Because it's also 3 a.m. Yeah. And this guy dips out, and I chase him. And I'm about to grab his collar and yank him to the dirt. And then I'm just like, I make $10 an hour. I yep. <laughs> might not make $10 an hour if this guy sues. So I stopped and uh, I didn't have to pay for none of that. And I got a write up. I got a write up for being outside when those guys were were going in, though. Uh, dude. Like you would have stopped them anyway. Like they would have just went around in and done what they did. Like. Whether you were there or not, what am I they supposed had to be like? Shown up there with a the plan to fucking steal. That wasn't just like a spur of the moment thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not here to defend assets. All right, I've seen clerks adopt that mindset and defend assets when people are doing like a beer run on them. And spoiler, bro, you get fired for that. No one's gonna be yeah, thankful that fired. you stopped the thirty pack from getting stizzolin. And if you did any sort of physical harm, you're probably getting sued, and so is oh, yeah. the gas station you work for. Personally sued, yeah. and like, then sued at the corporate level. And because we live in America, those guys will get paid. Oh, yeah. And, yep. well, that is just the world we live in for now. For now. We'll see how things are in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Hopefully the Browns will win a Super Bowl. Yeah, well, good luck with that fucking shit. We're still waiting for the Cardinals to do anything with their fucking half million dollar stadium. This, or whatever this is the is, year, but... brother. This is the year. Yeah, that's what I've been saying since like, what well, fuck? I was like, 2011. They were still in the Sun Devil Stadium, dude. Yeah, they were still in the Sun Devil Stadium. So that was like 2003 or some <laughs> shit. I've been like, this is the year. This, this is the year. This is the year, and we almost did it. We all, <laughs> we we choked. We're habitual chokers. Well, yeah. If anybody ever wants to watch a good, like a great, uh, NFL Super Bowl game, 
this is already I'm not just tooting the horn because I'm a I'm a Cardinals fan. This is considered one of the best uh Super Bowl games of all time. It's the Cardinals uh Steelers Super Bowl game. The closest all the way through and you can see right where the wheels start to fall off for, for the Cardinals and it's just so painful. Just write documentaries on that shit, dude. You could probably easily <laughs> fill like dude. four or five hours. Another good story. If you want a story about a football team and fans, there's a um, classic story of when the Cardinals beat the Dallas Cowboys for the first time in the Cardinals stadium. It was huge. The fans lost their minds. They tore down the fucking uh, uprights for the goalpost and they paraded them around Tempe. And that was before <laughs> Tempe Town. Before Tempe Town Lake was there, it was just a dry lake bed, like a dry riverbed or whatever. And um, they're taking it all through Mill Ave, all through Tempe, like took it from the Sun Devil Stadium, carried it out to Mill Ave, which is actually pretty far away for carrying this big ass thing. And then they like erect it in the middle of the street and people are like running to the bars and get fucked up. And then they like all come back and they like, grab it again and they they march it to the next location and eventually they get down to the lake bed and they prop it up and there's like a little party there for an hour or two and then everybody just disappears and nobody <laughs> knows what happened to that fucking goalpost it it was just there and then it was gone Holy <laughs> and moly. people are still to this day trying to find it because it's now like a folklore type thing <laughs> so there's a yeah. that reminds me of the the curse of the colonel before we get to get to wrapping things up here. Do you ever hear the curse of the colonel? No. In Japan, they love their baseball. Love 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 the baseball. I don't know if I'm misremembering this, but I think it's the Osaka Tigers uh won a game and their fans were like rioting. It was like the the happy wow. kind of rioting. Uh, yeah, yeah. maybe it wasn't this is the part I'm hazy on but what I'm not hazy on is that they took a statue of Colonel Sanders and threw him in the river <laughs> and uh, <laughs> after they did that the their team lost every game oh my god that season and they called it the curse of the colonel <laughs> <laughs> I gotta look that it's up it's funny as hell there's like a picture of the colonel statue like sinking into the river with the thumbs up going on Terminator style. Well, on the topic of that, as we wrap up, I guess I'll use my opportunity to plug um, something. To plug a channel that definitely doesn't need it and a creator that definitely doesn't need it. Um, His name is John, J-O-N, Boyce. Like Boise, but without an E. B-O-I-S. He makes great, great fucking sports content about various different sports and teams. It's usually just odd stories like the one I just told and the one you just told mm. um, with great, like all kinds of great visuals added to it and stuff. And he goes deep and he'll get like p- bits of like uh, what they printed in the newspapers in time and uh, at that time and stuff like that. It's, he's, it's, it's great. He's, he does a great channel. Uh, he has a great channel. Um, and also I want to, um, Actually, that's it. <laughs> Do you have anything to plug? Uh, just like to thank my apartment complex for reaching out about the incident during the recording. Uh, wow. I will get back to you. And who knows? I may have a thing or two to say about that. 
<laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll be back again next week. Uh, make sure you guys keep your eye out for Seinfuck. It'll be oh, here yeah, eventually. Yeah, yeah, about that. It, it's coming, all right? Down the pipeline. Like, all good things, it comes in a tube and is viscous <laughs> at the other end. Slightly goopy, yeah. Drink frog. <laughs> no, no. All right, everybody, have a, have a great week. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye.